Well, we're going to get into God's Word this morning, and I pray that the message will ring true within our hearts, uh, that people begin to, to take heart of the Word, and the Word will actually become a benefit to us. And just like the title behind me says, we're going to increase our faith, that is the whole point of this message. This is the whole point of me preaching for last week and this week. I don't want my faith level to be at the same level it was. Even this morning, I think all of us were stretched in the building to get things right. Um, there's an increase of faith that needs to take place in every single one of our hearts. So let's pray now that the Holy Spirit himself would speak to us, minister to us, and increase our faith in him. So Father, we praise you. We glorify you because God, you're good and you're good all the time. Father, even when we mess up, even when we fall short, Lord, you are still good. And Father, we pray that today, every single one of us, those on Facebook, those here, that Lord, we would be, our ears, our hearts, our minds will be open to you, Holy Spirit. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to me, that you speak to everyone here. You'd use this instrument, Lord, to speak through so that, Lord, we would clearly hear your voice. Your voice will draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone once again says, Amen. So last week we used the scripture, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10, speaking about Jabez. And he has a request. He comes to God and he says this, Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me. I said last week, I say it again. There's nothing wrong with asking God to bless you if the motive is right. You know, we live in a dispensation where a lot of people say, Church, you, you shouldn't be asking God to bless you because that's selfish. Well, if you've got a selfish ambition, a selfish motive, then don't ask it. But if you want to be a true kingdom-believing, kingdom-shaking believer, and you want God to work through you, you want to see miracles manifested so God's glory can be, uh, can be manifested all over the world, then you know what? You can ask, God bless me in order to be a blessing to all those around us. So, Lord, bless me, okay, indeed, and make my border larger, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from evil so that it may not grieve me. And God, I love this part, and God granted him that what he asked for. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says, if you ask in Jesus' name, believing, the Bible says, I don't say it, the Bible says, you can receive. So today, I'm asking you as believers, as the church of Jesus Christ, to start asking God to bless you in order to be a blessing to all those around you. It's time for the church to actually be a blessing in this world. I'm going to say it again. It's time for the church to be a blessing in this world. Now, I'm not talking about the church office. It's amazing how many people think it's the church office that need to bless the poor. It's the church office that need to feed people. It's the church office that has... No, I'm talking about the church. You, the church, the people of God, making a stand in your workplaces, in your homes, uh, while you're surfing. Hopefully you stand, okay? It'll be a good thing. But we've got to make a stand for Jesus Christ. It's time for us to be blessed in order to be a blessing. Isaiah 54 verse 2 says this, Make the place of your tent larger. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall break out on the right hand and on the left. And you, your seed shall inherit the nations and people will inhabit the ruined cities. We are, and I said this last week, a faith-based people. We are saved by grace 
through faith. Our whole existence as Christians, as believers, I'm saying it again, is not based on our buildings. It's not based on our preaching styles, our worship styles, our missions program. We are labeled, we are known as people of faith. I need us once again as believers to be known as people of faith. And I said it last time, I don't know if you remember this. Isn't it amazing how in this time period everyone's focused on end times? You agree with me, those in the building? Everyone, wherever you go, you go on Facebook, you go on YouTube, everyone's talking about, well, Jesus is coming back, Jesus is coming back. And listen, I'm happy if Jesus comes back. I'm not scared, I'm not fearful, because I'm ready if Jesus comes back. Does that make sense? But Jesus asked a question in Luke chapter 18, verse 8. I assure you, he will, and he will not drag his feet, but how much of that kind of persistent faith will the Son of Man find on earth when he returns? Ladies and gentlemen, it's a valid question. If Jesus did come back right now, would he find people of faith? Now, I know on a daily basis, I fail on that level. But here's the thing. We've got to get back to a place of actually being people of faith. Why? Because the Bible says there's only one thing that can actually please God. In Hebrews, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. We have to be people of faith. So last week, we started a discussion. Run through it quickly. A couple of points we spoke about last week. The first one was this, to increase our faith. Uh, how do we increase our faith, get our, our faith? in large is first of all to expand your boundaries understanding that a boundary can cause restriction a boundary is like south africa is a border when you're in a border type situation south africa has its own set of rules its own laws its own freedoms etc that other countries don't have ladies and gentlemen we are part of the kingdom of god there is no boundaries there is no borders in terms of the kingdom of god we got to break the borders we got to break boundaries and increase god's kingdom in our lives our families our homes our businesses Every single area, ladies and gentlemen, come on, join me. Join me as we increase our faith this year. Yes, this year, 2020, even in the midst of lockdown, COVID-19, I believe that the church of Jesus Christ's faith can always be increasing. Why? Because God's kingdom, the Bible says, is always increasing. Secondly, elevate your conversation to a higher spiritual and success level. Man, we got to get this right. I got to get this right. We got to get this right. Our language, our speech is going to determine where we go in life. It's a fact. Bible says blessing and cursing comes out of the same mouth. We got to start blessing each other, not cursing each other, blessing each other. I made the statement for us to grow in our faith. There's four very important words we got to do. Four very important words. You remember? Can anyone remember? What's the four? Good test, eh? Good test. For those on Facebook, do you know? Write it down. Think before you speak. Come on. That's a big one. Think before you speak. Ladies and gentlemen, when we get a diagnosis from a doctor, when the bank manager calls us or we print our bank statement, there's a declaration that comes our way. We need to choose whether we're going to believe the lies of the enemy or we're going to put our trust in God. You see, when someone curses you and you accept the curse, the curse belongs to you. I don't want to be cursed. I want to be 
blessed. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, if we're asking God to bless us, let's not counter God's word. Let's not counter who God is and begin to curse ourselves. Let's stand in agreement with God's word in terms of us being a blessing. Ephesians 4.29, let no foul or polluting language or evil word or unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and is beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as it is fitting to the need and the occasion, that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor, to those who need it. Church, our words need to reflect who we are. Someone once said, words are free. It's how you use them that will cost you. It's how you use them that's going to cost you. Words bring life. Or it brings death. Now moving on today. This is important. Our third point. The third way of increasing our faith is simply this. Expect divine appointments and supernatural connections every day. Now this is, I'm, I'm going to get tough, okay, this morning. I hope you're ready. Those on Facebook, get ready. Uh, strap yourselves in. We're going to get tough. We're going to get spiritual. I believe it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to get spiritual again. We've become too practical in our thinking. We've become too practical in our ways. We've left the Holy Spirit out of most of our conversation because all we want to do is do practical things. It's time for us to get spiritual, to actually believe with God all things are possible. There's nothing impossible for God. So let's expect divine appointments. I learned this from a man named John Herbert. Uh, he was uh, uh, the lead pastor at Planet Shakers Church here in Cape Town. I remember sitting having a cup of coffee with this guy, and all of a sudden he starts telling me about all the different people that he met. He met this person, met that person, that person. I'm thinking, how the heck did this guy get to meet all these amazing people? And I've got to be honest, I started getting a bit jealous. That's no, bad to admit on camera, but I was getting a bit jealous. How does this guy do it? So eventually I'm like, yeah, it must be the good planet shaker's names. He said, no, 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 Ryan, no, no, no. I'm like, what do you mean? He says, no, I pray. So what do you mean you pray? He says, you know, every time I go to the airport, true story, Ryan, this is what I do. Every time I go to the airport, as I arrive at the airport, I start to pray. I start to speak in tongues. I start to believe. I start asking God, when I get into this airport, I'm going to choose a place to sit down. I'm going to have a cup of coffee. God, in that coffee shop, you're going to allow me to meet someone of significance. I'm believing it. I'm trusting you for it. And guess what? Before, and this is true, and I know this is true because I've actually witnessed this. So when he gets into the airport, he starts to pray in tongues. He starts to believe, and he will not sit down for a cup of coffee until he feels, okay, I'm going to Mug and Bean. He'll sit in Mug and Bean, and I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, he'll meet someone significant there. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to start believing God for the impossible. Why can't you meet your next business partner? Why can't you meet your next investor? Why can't you meet your husband or wife that's still coming to you in the right place at the right time? Come on. If we believe that God can do it, we need to actually trust God and believe that he will do it in our lives. Did you know that throughout the Bible, God has... Now, listen to me. Go and check me. If you don't believe me, go to the Bible. I always say that. Don't just trust a preacher. Go to the Bible. I want you to know something. The Bible is full of occasions where God set up divine appointments. Full of it. Not just once, not just twice, many, many times. Think about this. Uh, there's a scripture in one... I don't have it, so I'm just going to read it to you. Uh, the message translation says this. It's about Samuel. The very day before God had confided in Samuel. This is the time tomorrow. I'm sending a man from the land of Benjamin to meet you. 
You to appoint him prince over all my people. He will free my people from the Philistine oppression. Yes, I know all about their circumstances. I have heard their cries. Now, why I'm reading that scripture before, for you, because God speaks to a prophet. Listen to this. He says you need to go there at a certain time because a certain man is coming, and that's the man you're going to anoint as king. Do you think that Saul, on his way to a certain place, had any idea that he's going to meet the prophet of God? We, we say that, oh, that's a coincidence. No, it's a God incidence. God orchestrated that. Think about Abraham. We spoke about tithing, meeting Melchizedek. The right time at the right place to bring the first tithe ever uh, to the priest of God, set an example for generations to come. That was not a chance. God set it up. Think about Jesus meeting the disciples, walking on the sea, by, by the sea. Let me tell you, people might think that's a chance. No, that's not a chance. It was set up by God himself. It was ordained so that those mighty men of God could come into contact with Jesus Christ and their lives, our lives have never been the same again because of that divine appointment. Think about Joseph and all his divine appointments which led him to meeting Pharaoh which caused God's people to be blessed. Ladies and gentlemen, it wasn't by chance, it was set up by God. Think about Daniel being taken captive to Babylon with the three other Hebrew boys and think about who they met and how they influenced so many people. Why? Because God God set up divine appointments. I said it last week. God is not a, a respecter of persons. So why are we not expecting some divine appointments from God? In your workplaces, at the beachfront, when you go for coffee, let me tell you, the problem is we're not focused on God. We're focused on ourselves. We're focused on feeding ourselves. We're not focused on God. Why not next time you go to Mugabean to act? Why don't you pray, God, send someone to me? You know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The way we understand significance and the way God understands significance is sometimes different. You see, when the waiter comes to you and starts a conversation with you, we don't think the waiter is someone of significance. Oh, go with me. When Jesus meets fishermen, they are of no significance. Yet, that divine appointment caused someone who was insignificant to become significant. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not just talking about divine appointments where you can meet super powerful people, which can happen, by the way. But I'm also speaking about divine appointments where you can relay the power of God into someone's life. You can see someone change from the inside out, drawn out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Come on, church. Divine appointments. You want your faith to increase, start praying for those divine appointments. And when God brings it, use it you can't just say God send me a divine appointment someone comes and says hey I, lie. I just feel I need to talk to you I don't have time you can't do that we actually got to be ready to be meeting with God and use, be used by God every single time Genesis 39 21 says this but the Lord was with what Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison come on it's time for the church to enjoy God's favor. You see, when people start seeing the Spirit of God operating in us, they can't help but be attracted to us. That works both ways. It works for the good and the evil. Whoa, hold on. You understand, when we start operating in the kingdom of God, the devil takes notice as well. He does. 
He wants to shut you up. He wants to keep you quiet. He doesn't want to listen. Why do you think hardships and big troubles come your way? Because you're doing nothing? No, because you're doing something. Or God has got a plan and purpose for your life. Don't think that you're in the place of a, a, a prison or a dungeon or a place of hardship or nothing. God is setting something big up for you. He's setting something significant up for you. Your business might be failing. Your marriage might be failing. But guess what? With God, He can turn things around so you can have a great testimony and lead thousands of people to Jesus Christ. Don't think for one moment that God is not setting up something significant in your life. Someone shared this prayer with me and I thought this is incredible. I want to share it with you to increase our faith. Father, I thank you. Listen to these words that the irresistible charm of Jesus will flow through me, giving me supernatural favor with every co-worker, supervisor, and yes, every person who can help me facilitate my goals for this year and my calling in my life in the strong name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Why don't we pray prayers like that? Because some people say, oh, it's wrong for you to pray for success. You've got to be low, meek, humble, uh, uh, stay a failure for the rest of your life. Ladies and gentlemen, that is rubbish. God wants, if God could elevate Daniel, if he could elevate Joseph, why can't he elevate us in politics and in government? Why can't he elevate us in the business world like he did with King Solomon? Come on, ladies and gentlemen, he's not a respecter of persons. Let's get up and let's believe God for big things again. Number four. Increase our faith. I told you we're going to get tough. You ready out there? We're going to get tough. You ready? Be aware of who you're working for and how that relates to your faith tasks. Be aware who you're working for and how that relates to your faith tasks. Now, this takes incredible faith. And what I'm going to challenge you with, you're going to have to really have faith and trust God. Are you ready? You guys ready in here? Are you ready out there? Okay, this is a big one. I hope you're ready. Write this down. This is a big one. This can change your life forever. Do you want your faith to grow? Yes. If you do this right, it will be tough, but I promise you, you will grow in your faith. Here's the question. What have you done this week, or should I say last week, this month, that has caused an increase to your employee, to your employer, to the people around you. What have you done? Now go with me for a moment. What have you done to cause an increase for those around you? What have you done? Ask yourself the question, right? This week, I prayed for this person. This week, I sowed. This week, I encouraged. This week, I built up. What have you done this week to cause an increase? Colossians 3, verse 17, and then verse 23, I'll read later, says this. And whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and Father by him. And then verse 23, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Not to men. Do you know the boss that you're working for? You're not working for that boss. You're actually working for the Lord. Now, that's easier said than done. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. When you come into work and you're in a good mood and your boss is like, stop singing that song. Come on, what's wrong with you? There's a workplace, man. Have you ever had that happen before? Gideon gets it all the time. He works in the church. Stop singing that song. Now, your boss can be hard. He can be hardcore. You know, it's, sometimes it's very difficult working for certain people. 
Gideon? Not me, eh? Just checking. <clears throat> it can be tough, and, and we get to a place, here's the problem, we get to the place where we, under, where we despise, I'm going to use the word despise, because some of us despise people. But the Bible says you're not working for that person. You're working for the kingdom. Secondly, we must realize that everything we do on the job, we're doing it for the Lord. Even the menial tasks. I'm not employed. Oh, no, no. Go with me for a moment. Who said this? Don't own up. Don't put up your hands. And yeah, Facebook, you can put up your hands because you're at home. I can't see. But who's ever said this? I'm not paid to do that. Come on, no, come on. I don't, I don't, lucky no one lifted their hands in here. But on Facebook, I know someone lifted their hands. We've said that. I've said that before. I, I don't get, I don't, that's not my job description. Listen, in the kingdom of God, we're the servants of God. Yes, I know we're sons of God. We are, we are elevated to a great place. But guess what? We serve. We serve wholeheartedly with all our heart. Not unto man, but unto God. Thirdly, we must give, uh, we must actually give our jobs over to God. If you're a business owner, give your business over to God. It's not yours. Because everything we do, we do to the Lord. Everything we do. Talking about your supervisors or employers will never change them, by the way. Come on, I want you to hear that. Talking about that boss, talking about that supervisor, running that person down, running this person down, will never, ever change them. You know what changes them? Prayer. Prayer changes them. Prayer and love. When you start loving on them, when you start loving your enemies, like Jesus Christ said, it changes everything. Come on. Once you realize you're working for the Lord, something changes. And it causes our faith to increase. You want your faith to increase? Stop working for a boss. Work for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and see things change. Five, I'm almost at the end. When I say almost at the end, I've probably got half an hour left, okay? This is an important point. I'm going to end off with this point, all right? It's such an important point. If you want to improve in anything, energize your faith. I want to say that again. If you want to improve in any area, you've got to energize your faith. Now, that's a great statement. The question is how? So when, I, when God gave me that statement, I loved it. I'm like, yes, Jesus, I want to energize my faith. And I could just all of a sudden hear myself ask the question, good, but how, Lord? How do we do this? I want my faith to increase. I want it to be energized. Does everyone have an understanding of what the word energize means? It means to empower. It means to enlighten. It means to electrify. It means to increase Power. I don't know about you. I don't want my faith level to be at the same. I don't want my faith level to be just there. I want it to increase. I want it to be energized. But how? How do you energize your faith? Galatians 5 verse 6 says this. If, and this is an amplified version. For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. But only faith activated, that's why I got the word energized, and energized and expressed and working through love. Remember, faith without works is what? Dead. So how do we, what do we do? What active steps do we do? I'm talking about practical things now. What I do when everything around me is going wrong? At my job, my home, my ministry, my family, 
Any area, what do we do to energize our faith? Number one, get inspired by being inspired. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is a simple thing, but a very important thing. We need to get inspired by being inspired. We've got to be reading the right books. We've got to be following the right things on Facebook, on Instagram, all these different areas. What are you following? What is influencing your faith today? Did you know a study was done just now in America? A study was done. I know it's Americans. We probably, I don't know. But do you know that most pastors, pastors, only open up their Bibles to read it when they prepare sermons? It's a fact. And that's the pastors. What's happening with the rest of the church? My, why, why I say that is simply this. What is influencing us? What is energizing you? What is pouring life into you? Because ladies and gentlemen, there's life and then there's death. There's no in-between. We need to get inspired. We need to be reading the right books. We need to be having the right authors. We need to be on this, whatever social platform you're in, we've got to be influenced. Secondly, I said, who should I call? Now, why I use the word call is because it's amazing during lockdown how we started to phone different people. Is that right? How many of us uh, started to do uh, calls to family members we never even spoke to before? They're like, hey, what are our Auntie Sue's doing? Hey, Auntie Sue, how's it going? It's amazing. We start phoning everyone and we're having a nice chat and it's amazing. We need to actually, I thought about this, I actually need to make a list of people. Now do this, do this. I'm asking you to be practical now. Write a list of people that you know will influence your life and phone them. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be honest. This is, I'm not talking about easy stuff. I'm, all, I'm not just talking about all those great inspirational people out there that always speak life. Also, perhaps you need to phone someone that has been taking from your life and actually phone them and say goodbye. Hello. That's a tough one. But there are people that will give and there are people that will take. And we've got to be careful of the people that take away from life. Because if they do, they'll not just destroy you. They'll destroy your marriage. They'll destroy your finances. They'll destroy your faith. They'll destroy everything in you. We've got to make a list of people that we need to phone to get into our lives, feed us. And we also got to phone and say goodbye. We've got to do that. Proverbs 13, 20, if you don't believe me, if you don't believe me, says this. Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life what? Fall to pieces. Who are we hanging around with? Three, use the seven eleven formula. What I mean by that is pray seven days a week for at least 11 minutes a day. Seven eleven. It'll change your life forever. That's where you begin. Proverbs 8 verse 17 says this, I love them that love me. And those that seek me early shall find me. You know what? This scripture put condemnation in my heart. You know that? Some of you are like, wow, 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 it's such a good scripture. Because I had preachers saying, if you don't wake up early and pray, you're not a Christian. Have you heard that before? You see, when I read that, those who wake up early, in other words, those who wake up first, wake up first. When you actually choose to put God first in your life. First in your prayer life. First in your marriage. First in your business. I want you to know something. It changes things. It changes everything about us. We actually got to begin to communicate with God first. Now, that doesn't mean just waking up early in the morning. What it means is I've got a job interview. God, I want to come to you first before I go into this interview. 
I need your support. If this job is for me, there is nothing that can stop me from getting this job. If this is not for me, you will close every door. How about that, church? Why don't we wake up early first? Put God first. Pray for divine appointments, like I said. Increase insight. Ask God to give you insight in terms of solving problems. Number four, remember always, <laughs> I like this. I actually read this in an article and I loved it. It said this, remember always to dress for, your, for the job you want. Dress for the job you want. Now that's a practical thing. In other words, what I meant was is simply this, spiritually, prepare. Prepare. You might say, what do you mean prepare? How do you mean? Well, if you want to get married one day, why are you not already praying for your future husband or wife? I want to get married, Pastor Ryan. I want, to, I want a great husband. Are you praying for him? Eh? I don't know who he is. No, pray for him. You don't know what's happening in his life not now. Ask God to protect him from whatever is coming. We've got to pray. we actually got to prepare. We've got to do marriage courses. We've got to be praying for our husbands and wives. I want to be part of the worship team, Pastor Ryan. That is fantastic. Can you sing? No. You know what? If you want to be part of the worship team one day, Go for voice lessons before you come up here. Go and learn how to play an instrument. Imagine I want to be part of the worship team, you know, everyone. And you're like, I don't know how to play this, but it looks cool. I want to be like Andy. Just jump up and down. Hey, Andy, it's cool. But you need to know how to play. Here's, I know this is stupid, but this is absolutely vital. we got to get to a place where we actually dress for what job we want. If you want to be a worship leader, dress that way. What I mean by dress that way, prepare your heart that way. If you want to be a preacher, start preaching. Don't wait for this area. It's amazing how many people think if I preach, I've got to just be in this area. Why don't you start preaching in the trains? When I first started preaching, guess where my audience was? My audience was trees. I preached to the trees, and every time they moved, I said, I see that hand in Jesus' name. Come on. That's how I started to preach. I went to a park and I started preaching. I was waiting for the wind to blow because that was a sign from God that someone got saved. Come on. But that's where I started. I didn't start in the pulpit. I prepared. I dressed up. I got myself ready. I prepared for what God wanted me to do. Isn't it time, church, for you to start preparing for the things of God in your life? Matthew 12, 34, and I'll, I'll close off with this scripture, and I want this to be in your heart. For out the fullness, the overflow, the superabundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I don't know what your language has been. I don't know what you've been talking about, but I've heard, I've heard so many Christians saying, uh, God has to do something. God has to bring a breakthrough. I need God to do something. The question is simply this. Have you prepared? Are we asking God the right things? Like increase our faith. Mick just said it to me this morning. We, we preached it last week. Increase your faith. When problems happen, then what? Increase our faith. We've got to grow. And I believe this whole coronavirus, this whole lockdown thing is, is meant for our good. 
it's not meant for evil. It's not meant to destroy us. It's meant to do something significant in our lives. When this lockdown is starting to open up and people have freedom, come on, let's get back to a place where we're praying, God, send the right people my way. Send me the right way to the right people. Let us, let us become people of significance. But let's speak life and not death. So those on Facebook, I want to challenge you right there where you are. Just pause everything. Stop everything. Those in the building, stop everything. What is it today that we have need of? It's not more money. Even though that's nice, but it's not more money. It's not bigger buildings. It's more faith. It's more faith. Because if you have more faith, bigger things are coming. Like every head bowed in the room here and every head bowed in Facebook right there where you are. So, Father, we take up the challenge today. We don't want to be the same. We want to ever be increasing in our faith. I go back to where we started with the words of Jesus. When he comes back, will he find faith? And I pray, Lord, that answer with me, with those listening, would be yes you would find faith so father thank you right now for your divine purpose and plan to be revealed in every single one of us we honor you and praise you for your goodness and greatness and this amazing day that you've given us in jesus name we pray amen